0: Time, 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 time matters. Time has an impact on our lives. I was looking up something to buy, and uh, I'm on Amazon, and I'm like, cool, because you know like the standard for getting stuff now is two days. If something takes longer than two days, we're like, come on, for real? You ain't on Amazon Prime? Like, come on. So I'm looking on Amazon, and something's coming from China. And they give me a date of when it's going to come. Now, how many of y'all hold fast to that date? When something's coming from overseas, you like, well, it might get here in a week. It might get here in four. Your, your schedule is kind of open because you know the whole time a little bit loosely when it's something coming from far away. But if your due date And having a child is the next day, and you are two, three weeks late. We start getting concerned. See, timing matters depending on the situation. Some things we can hold loosely. Some things we're looking for a very firm date. And some of y'all are like me, where people got to lie to you about time. (laughs) You know know when it's a surprise birthday party, and they tell you to be there at 8, but the real surprise ain't until nine, because everybody know how late you are. I know it ain't none of y'all. It's just me. I know it's just me. It's, It's okay. But see, because time matters, how you deal with time and how you handle time can have a big effect on the experience. Today, as we dive into God's word, as we celebrate this day of Palm Sunday, this triumphal entry of Jesus Christ is all couched in Jesus's understanding and intentional use of time, time. Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 8? We have been in a series called Kingdom Come as we've been looking at uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're taking a break from that series during this Christmas time. Christmas. Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> Pastor need a nap, huh? <laughs> during Thanksgiving. Uh, we're taking a, a, a break during our our Sermon on the Mount series during this Easter season, this Easter week, this Holy Week. Uh, but Matthew chapter eight comes right after the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has an experience starting in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. If you dare, there, let me hear you say amen. It says, When he came down from the mountain, great, cl- cl- great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean and immediately his leprosy was cleansed and Jesus said to him see that you say nothing to anyone but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof for a proof to them see that you say nothing to anyone you got a man that is dealing with leprosy, this, this issue that would have him separate from the community. He doesn't get to be a part of the fellowship and the fun party nights. He is actually on the outskirts of community and gets a separate type of worship experience. A separate type of everyday interaction with people. Actually, people look at him and they're like, Ugh, would you please go on with that? See, this leprosy has him as a bit of an outcast, and Jesus does something. Jesus says, cool, I will heal you, but when I get healed from leprosy, let me tell y'all how I'm going to act. I'm going to get the microphone, start telling everybody. I'm writing a billboard on I-94. The world is going to know what just happened to me, and what does Jesus tell him to do? Keep it quiet. Shh. Keep it quiet. I want you to enter back into community. I want you to be restored back into fellowship. Go to the priest so you can get back into a cleansed state. But keep it quiet. He tells him this because Jesus is using timing in a powerful way. Jesus knows that if the word about his power, his might, the things that he can do and actually who he is starts prematurely to impact the people that it will move forth a sequence of events that he's not ready for. See, he doesn't want this person to show up to the party at the wrong time. He doesn't want them to to get started with this celebration of who he is just yet. So instead of you beginning to tell the world I'm the Messiah, look again where he does it in Matthew chapter 16. Now we're we're flipping 8 more chapters ahead. We were in Matthew chapter 8. We're going to Matthew chapter 16. There was some private praise that he had that that man that experienced leprosy, he had to keep his praise private. But now in chapter 16, we're going to see that that just before this in chapter 15, Jesus does some more amazing miracles. You got blind people seeing. You have lame starting to walk. And then you have these hungry folk all around wanting some grub. And Jesus feeds 4,000 and even sends them home or even has leftovers after that in chapter 15. He does these crazy miracles. And then he speaks to the disciples. Look at verse 13. And forgive me, I don't always do this, but I'm going to jump 13, 16, 20 are the verses I'm going to read. It says, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Verse 16, Peter, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter's saying this on behalf of all the disciples, the crew, the the, the ones that have walked with Jesus, have seen him do these miracles. Who do they say I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then how does God, how does Jesus respond to him in verse 20? He says, then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Okay. You've seen the miracles, you've witnessed it, I've even used you in it, you acknowledge fully who I am, but don't tell anyone yet, because the timing of celebrating who I am and you starting a domino effect of my messiahship is not yet that time. Keep it quiet. Sometimes we, we, we wonder, what is God doing? I remember, uh, I remember some times where, where I, I love a rags-to-riches story, and I love underdog stories. So there's a lot of guys, Fred Van Cleet's one, a lot of guys and girls who were athletes that prepared and worked hard, and nobody knew them. They backed up the main star. They backed up the quarterback that was getting all the attention. And they, while they were the backup, were not heard of, not seen. Wondered, why am I putting in this work, this effort, this all this hard work? Why am I persevering alone? And then the main person got hurt and it was their opportunity to step up and shine. You see, sometimes when you are in private, God is doing a work in you, preparing you for when you might be in the spotlight. Sometimes in private with just you and Christ doing a work in you, that is more than enough getting you ready for an ability to celebrate him to the fullest. And that celebration happens next. Continue with me in Matthew chapter 21. Because we've seen two expressions of God saying, not yet. Timing, not yet. Get ready, but not yet. I want you to keep it quiet. I know I've done a major thing, but not yet. Don't start this this, this celebration of who I am just yet. And then Matthew chapter 21. We start in verse one. If you're there, let me say amen. Amen. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread the cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from palms from trees and spread them on the road. We go public with the praise. Now, all the times of wait until the appropriate time. Wait until the moment that I want you to shout. Now we enter into the story where we are public with the shouting of who God is. We are going public with our praise. And there are Messiah signals that are lining up. You know signals. You get, you get signals. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I come home and my wife has been cooking. Now my wife don't need to be in the kitchen for me to get the signals. I can smell something that smells amazing. There's some dishes in the sink. The timer is on, on the stove. I mean, all the signals is there, and I'm like, okay, it's about to go down. I'm getting ready to have a feast. I don't even know what it is, but I know it's gonna be good because my booth are down. Amen. But there are signals that are telling me I'm about to have a great experience. See, there are signals laden throughout these verses that are telling the people the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. And now starts this domino effect of celebration and praise. One of the first things that takes place is a donkey. You and I wouldn't expect that a donkey would be a sign of of godliness, a sign of messiahship. You and I wouldn't expect that. You and I would expect a war horse. We would expect a victorious leader coming back saying, I am the messiah ready to rule. But actually, we get it a little bit. When was the last time you seen a president going down... A, a march within our society in a, in a tank. When's the last time you've seen a, a president come through in an F1 fighter? In our society, you see a president in a Lincoln, a Cadillac, maybe a Suburban, but, but, it, but it's elegant, it's, it's classy, it's to stroll slowly so they can do the wave and see everyone. And that was the purpose of the donkey. You see, the war horse is what you rode when you came back from victory and you showed up on the scene victorious. But you stepped off the war horse, got on the donkey and you rode slowly so everybody could celebrate your victory, could celebrate your kingship. And so Zechariah has these verses that prophesy about our king here and it's quoted right here in verse 5. Say to the daughter, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. That's a signal, y'all, something's cooking. That's a signal, y'all, that something is, is stirring. Get, get ready for a celebration that's about to happen for the, for the Messiahship, for the, for the acknowledgement of our, of our Savior. Next. People do something. They, they take off their cloaks and, 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 and lay it down on the ground. Now, I know chivalry ain't dead, but when the last time you seen a brother take his coat off for a sister? I mean, really do it. Like, go on here, put it in the puddle, and she just splish, you know what I mean? Like, 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 we don't even do it, and we got what? Let me go in your closet. Nine coats? How many coats you got? Give or take? This is a culture where your cloak meant something and to lay it down was a was a great reverence. It was great homage. You are publicly saying I view you worthy of being king. Jehu was a king that people did this at the steps just to say, hey, you are a king and we revere you. And now we get another signal. Another sign that that something's cooking here, that that something's being prepared for us to experience. We get a sign of Jesus's messiahship. As people see him come in as a donkey, as they take off their cloaks and they they sit it on there for him to be highly revered. For them to show great reverence for him. But then the the, the crowds do something. The crowds get involved. Verse, uh, where am I? Where I'm at. The crowds are, uh, verse, verse 8 Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and the others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and followed him. Now he's got a surround sound choir. You got folks headed ahead of him, shouting, singing. And then you got some folks bringing up the rear, still shouting and singing. You know how the choir used to come in when they walked in. You got somebody leading, but that person in the back really jamming. You know what I'm saying? Bringing up the tail. You got people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. That that term in Hebrew is, is, is a term that just means deliver us, save us. It's what you would say to a Savior. It's what you would say if if you know you were in need of being cared for and you wanted this person to be the Messiah. You see the signals? You see all these different components that are pointing towards this, this Jesus being the Messiah. And notice, notice, notice. Not once did he say, shh. Not once did he quiet the people. Not once did he say, keep it to yourself. Now he says, it's time. Now it's time to start my journey towards the cross. Now it's time to start my journey towards your sins being forgiven. But it first starts with acknowledgement that you need a savior. And the people are going before and after him shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. I'm getting there a little bit ahead than I thought, Jenny, but we can get ready to bring our kids in because we about to, I know, right? It's crazy. Pastor Leon getting there in like 20 minutes. Um, so we've got a donkey symbolizing this, this, this opportunity for the people to praise him. We've got cloaks that symbolizes people honoring and revering Jesus. We've got the crowds going before and after him, shouting and singing this, 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 this phrase of submission, this phrase of adoration to deliver, save us. And then we have the palms. Palms were a way of, 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 of honoring a king. Palms were a way of, of fanning and celebrating someone's victory and someone's royalty you 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 uh i'm not a crazy big baseball fan and uh maybe i should research these things before i preach about it so if i get in trouble don't be don't be sending me no emails y'all that's at home but I, i i never understood but i always really liked the giant hand with the one finger when you go to baseball games I, I never understood it, but I always liked it as a kid. You put your hand in there and then you wave, you know, or you get the, 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 the stick that has the, like, diamond pin of your team's name and then you wave it while you're at the game. Like, like, like there are so many things we use to celebrate teams and people that have no real, I mean, terrible towels, you know what I'm saying? Like, we understand what it means to celebrate our people. Well, the palm was used in that same way, y'all. It was it was something that was picked up and they didn't have to go to a store. They jumped up in the trees and cut them down. And then they started to show their celebration, show their joy, show their admiration for Jesus as he's coming down the street. And can you imagine him coming slowly and people just singing out, Hosanna, Hosanna, folks saying, no, I'm not getting in there singing Hosanna. I'm going to take my cloak off. Other people saying, no, 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 I'm going to sing. I'm going to grab a tree. And there's just this praise fest taking place. It's quite a different experience before he was ready for it. See, when he wasn't ready, you still had the praise, but you had to keep it contained. You still got healed, but you had to keep it contained. But now with his eye on the cross and his readiness to care for us and save us, he now is ready for our praise. And that may be one of the things I ask you. As you look at these verses, what are the way in which you would respond in praise. What's your posture of praise? I I love that we as a church body have been covering spiritual gifts uh, as a family for the last months. And, And each person can have a different way God has wired them to be able to flourish and to be able to thrive. I like in this story, though, we get a little glimpse into some folks that's behind the scenes look with me back to Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 3 it says Jesus sent two disciples saying to them go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied to a colt with her untie them and bring them to me if anyone says anything to you you shall say the Lord needs them and he will send them at once obedience, faithfulness. I was talking with my kids about this verse, and I was like, you know, I'm like, all right, Robin, look. This dude is going to be on Mac and Cadillac with a brand new champagne color Cadillac. I need you to go get the keys from him. (laughs) And if he says something, just be like, the Lord needs the car. We're to take a little bit of faith, a little bit of trust, and then they go and it happens just as Jesus tells them it'll happen. But what I'm blown away by is, is sometimes our gift and our, the way we operate and what we contribute is just being faithful to what Jesus asks. Sometimes the way you respond in praise It's to do what Jesus is asking of you. You see, because if if they aren't faithful, if they don't do what God is asking them to do, nothing else goes down. If they don't get the donkey, we don't get the praise. If they're not faithful in obedience, we don't get to shout. And so everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a role in praise, a posture of praise. Sometimes the person who's singing Hosanna, Hosanna, we think that that person's more spiritual. It's not the case. God has a posture of praise for all of us. And my question to you is, what's yours? Maybe you are a behind the scenes worker. Let God use you. Maybe you're a person that God's calling your pride to be put on the altar and you need to take off your cloak and lay it before the Lord. Let God use you. Maybe you're a person that, that actually preserve, reserve, prefers to be reserved and God's asking you, no, I need you to shout right now. I need to hear your voice. I need you to turn it up for God. Let God use you. And maybe you're a person that says, no, Lord, I'll use whatever I have. I'm going to grab, let me see this tree right quick, and I'm going to start praising your name, God. Because even if I can't use my mouth, I can use my body. You see, prayer, praise is something that we all get a chance to do. And once Christ said, let's go for it, once the domino effect started happening, we get to praise God forevermore. I know y'all can't hear nothing I'm saying because the kids that came in here and toe up. <laughs> they passed wah, 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 wah. I know. I know. But hey, the, the 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 main question is: how will you choose to respond to Jesus with a posture of praise? A posture of praise. And so, kids, we invited you back. We invited you back because we want you to know. That this is something that you're supposed to eat when you go home, okay? You ready for a snack? No. All right. But but this was used in Jesus' time as a way to celebrate Jesus. So can I see you do like this, kids? And can I see you do like this, parents? This is the act of praise. Look, we're not saying a word. See, sometimes the way you praise is from within and it's from your movement and, and, it's, and it speaks louder than your voice. But sometimes you use your voice to shout Hosanna. So let me hear you say Hosanna. 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 Amen. Amen. And, and sometimes we work behind the scenes to be about God's business so that the people of God can celebrate and experience the Lord. And so we pray that kids, for you and parents, this motion will be a reminder of our heart submission. Today, we are fanning the flame. We are celebrating Christ with our actions of, of using this palm tree. But this is to symbolize our heart posture, y'all. And we want to continue to celebrate Christ. Forevermore, I want to leave you with these last verses, because what we're doing now is going to happen in eternity. Revelations chapter seven, verses nine through 12 say this. It says, after this, I looked and behold, this is this is an image of the end times when when everyone's doing life together in heaven, when we are before Jesus and can experience him fully. This is one of John's revelations. It says, after this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every tribe, I mean, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in ripe robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. And the church together said, Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you that we get a chance to celebrate you in this manner. We don't ever want to forget that you gave us the green light to celebrate you. You told us, you, you let us freely worship you we know that the same folks that are celebrating you will go silent soon but for today we celebrate you remind us lord that we bring a posture of praise and that you expect it from us not that we all need to do the same thing but we all need to respond in obedience we love you jesus it's in your name we pray amen amen Church family, if you are with us and it is your first time connecting, we, one, want to say thank you for coming. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for joining us. We want you to know that the reason why we do all of this is so that we can live for and love Jesus. And so if you are a person that's wondering that, well, why would you take off your cloak? Why would you Start shouting and singing to a person that you don't even know. See, we have had an experience where we do know Christ, and we want you to experience and know Christ as well. And the way you get to know Christ is by first understanding and acknowledging that you and I are in a place of need. That we are people born with an issue of sin and that we need help because we can't help ourselves. But Christ loves us enough that he would die for us, that he would give his life for us, that he would handle the sin issue so that we can be able to fully experience joy and experience freedom and experience victory. Victory doesn't mean that we walk perfect and we're we're better than everyone else. Victory means we have God and he's with us and we get to experience his love. And so that love is on full display every day in our lives, and we're being made to look more and more like Christ. And we invite you to experience Christ with us. If you would like to know what it means to live for God, please, in the text, uh, call us at our, our church number. We would love to respond to you. If you are present, please come up after service as I will be here. We want you to live for God and have a family to walk with you. And there's nothing more important to us than that being your reality. Let me pray for us as we begin to start communion. Lord, I thank you for uh, people that have heard your gospel message. I pray that they would come to know you and love you. I pray that uh, I didn't get in the way and that your spirit would move, that you would have your way in the church service and in the homes of people. And that those that are at home would still, even if they don't have a palm in their hand, Lord, that they would use their hands to model submission to you because you are worthy of our submission. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.